0: Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast.
1: Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 cues.
0: Good people, and welcome to the podcast movie reviews in twenty Qs, the show where we review a movie but ask you twenty wonderful questions about it. I am your host Sam, and I know someone who is super excited to be here. It's Stacey.
1: How are you, Stacey?
2: <laughs> You've already said how I am. Exactly. <laughs>
1: me. <here>, woman.
2: <laughs> what? You just got to tell me how you are. It's real
0: easy. You know, it's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V. Let me like my That's all
2: you got to do. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Neither did the actress <laughs> in the fucking scene he was in.
0: Oh, I have destroyed our audio interface, but We'll continue yeah hello everyone. Welcome to this podcast. As you guys can tell by the name of the episode we're doing the unbearable weight of massive talent. There is a chance that random Nicholas Cage will be channeled through me throughout the podcast, as you guys have noticed because Nicholas Cage, one of your favorite favorite actors of all time isn't he <laughs>
2: Yeah, not really. I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship, I think.
0: You love hating him! That's the reason why we had, why is yeah. Nicolas Cage, how would you incorporate <laughs> yeah. Nicolas Cage into this movie? Exactly. That's why that question's been in every yeah. episode that you've been on. Exactly. So were you excited about going to see this on your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> no. Were you excited that one of the few times we had child-free date, you know... I said to you, hey, I've got tickets to a special preview screening. You said, what is it? And I was like, best I don't tell you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Look, to be honest, from the first moment I heard about this movie, that it was being made when you told me about it, to say I was slightly sceptical is an understatement.
0: (laughs) Okay. So fast forward to 5.45pm on your birthday, walking (laughs) out of the cinema, what did you turn and say to me? And don't you dare start lying to the listeners. (laughs)
2: I said, that was actually really good.
0: <laughs> said the same thing after The Rock and after Connear. I feel like we've whittled you down a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think you are breaking me a bit.
0: Oh, I've definitely broken you. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not even making a sexual joke. I'm actually talking about mentally. She is a broken woman. She was such a lovely woman when I met her.
2: Yeah, yeah. So when you told me we were going to see it on my birthday, I was like, ah, oh, whatever. Who cares? I can just sit in a dark room and do nothing for two hours. Whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't have to take care of my kid. I'm yeah. happy. Yeah. Okay, so the scores for this film, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Seventy seven percent on Metacritic. Pretty good scores. A lot higher than most other films he's done recently, except for maybe Pig and Mandy and this about the good ones I can think of from the last ten years. But mm-hmm. uh what's the plot? What's the plot of this film?
2: <laughs> oh my You've God. seen it the most recently, are
0: the two of us. What's the plot?
2: Uh damn, what is the plot? <laughs> Okay. Um. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> okay. So this movie is based on the actor Nicolas Cage. He's playing himself in this film, but it is a fictional story that we are
0: watching. No, no, this is a documentary, bro.
2: And so the the gist of it is that he's looking for an acting job, and he just needs to pay some bills. And he gets offered this opportunity to go and appear and just, just be at a birthday party it's for, for some like millionaire he's never heard of. So yep. he's like, okay, I'll do it for a million bucks. Cool, I need the money.
0: Yeah. And that millionaire is Pedro Pascal. Yes.
2: Yep. And so when he arrives, things kind of start to evolve. And two things happen. One is that...
0: <laughs> two things.
2: Whoa. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, lots of things happen, but there are two kind of threads. One is that he develops a friendship with... Um, what's the guy's name? Pedro Pascal. Yeah, but what's his character? I don't know. <laughs> uh, whatever, yeah, Pedro's character. Top
0: quality podcasting. The, the,
2: the millionaire and... They develop a friendship, they like the same movies, and he finds out that Pedro is writing a screenplay. So, you know, and so they, they go on that journey. But at the same time, Nicolas Cage is contacted by the CIA to help them be an agent and collect information about Pedro because he is one of the top he's, I don't know, he's, mafia dudes. Fuck, I don't I'm going know. to insert
0: the in a lot of this. the CIA suspect he's kidnapped a a child of a local politician Politician. and so they they don't want that to happen so yeah they they try to recruit an occasion to be a super spy
2: yeah yeah, and you can imagine how well it goes because he's in the house and he's yeah
0: insane yeah
2: yeah yeah so and things just unravel from there
0: that's right uh, if you haven't heard this podcast before, so unsurprisingly, we take a movie and we review it by asking twenty questions about it. The one we always start with is the compliment sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing bad, one thing good. If we like this film, which you've already said we did, well, you've already said yep. you, which you already said you have. So why don't you lead us off? What's your yeah. compliment sandwich?
2: Yeah, okay, I do have a compliment sandwich for this film.
0: Not a hyperbole. No, oh.
2: it is. We've already talked about him. Pedro Pascal is just by far and away the the showstopper in this film he's amazing Harvey that's right I could not imagine this film having anyone else in that role he was so 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 good
0: the Stacey answer's already come out the Nicolas Cage film I couldn't imagine anyone else in Pedro Pascal's role (laughs) what (laughs) most people say I couldn't imagine Nicolas Cage in Nicolas Cage's role but interesting continue no he
2: was perfect and um, Sharon Horgan is Nicholas Cage's wife eh? Oh God, she's a cool she's, cool. she's a cool actress, and she just brought it down to the right level, like that this film needed to be on. Um, so that's my first compliment: is the um, supporting actor acting was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. My bad thing was I started switching off in the third act. <laughs> Like, I've got the
0: same thing for my bad thing. When
2: it turned into the action, blah blah blah. It's like, oh damn, Could, Did they not know how to finish this? Maybe that was <laughs> the best way to finish it. I don't know, but for me, I found the uh, first and second act far more intriguing.
0: Listeners, when we were driving home, I said to Stacey, "I was like, that kind of that third act action was a bit boring," and she was like, "Really? You thought that?" And now you've thrown that out there as your bad thing, which I yeah, find no, I'm quite su- curious.
2: I'm surprised that you didn't enjoy the action element of the movie.
0: Yeah, it was kind of poorly shot and nonsensical cool and stuff like that. You, you, like, you, you appreciate a level of nonsense when it comes to Nicolas Cage, but when it's like when they've got a guy dead to rights and they can just shoot him in the face, and the guy's a stone, you know, stone cold murderer, but then they just run away and leave him alive so that he can chase him in cars. You're like, what? You yeah. know, there was parts like that that you're like. Eh.
2: But that made it more realistic because these are just civilians, right? Like that, like they're, they're not used to killing people and Pretty stuff like sure Nicholas
0: Cage is not a civilian <laughs> nor human. So <laughs> he okay. is the one true god, as he is known on Reddit. Mm,
2: that's interesting. And my final good thing is um, auto correctors stuffed up my answer (laughs)
0: top quality (laughs) podcasting
2: blaming it on autocorrect okay so i think that my major concern coming into this and i think everybody who before they see this film is what is the story going to be
0: yeah especially because when i got first got floated it was supposed to be he's trying to get into a quentin tarantino movie like that's all we knew and that's the first two minutes, is him not getting into Tarantino, but trying to get into a well-known director's, you know, up-and-coming successful artistic director.
2: Yeah, yeah. Totally. And then after
0: that, it's fucking bonkers.
2: Yeah, so I think that I was genuinely surprised that the story was really interesting, and they got the right balance of satire. Is that the right description of taking the piss out of Nicolas Cage as a person? Yeah, it's a meta-comedy, person. yeah. Yeah, the meta-comedy. And the drama and story of this movie itself.
0: Yeah. So my final good thing was the same thing. Like, it's so self-aware to the point it's like a little bit beats you over the head. But because it's Nicolas Cage and he's a walking meme himself, you can take it that way. You know, like any other actor who's playing a version of himself, you'd be like, Yeah. "Mm." yeah. I mean, as much as I love this is the end where you've got five actors all playing themselves. Mm. You know, like Jonah Hill and that, but they're playing like obscure, weird versions of this. In some ways, this feels like a genuine Nicolas Cage.
2: Yeah, it does, eh? It, f- it feels very um subdued compared yeah. to like every character he's ever played before.
0: <laughs> that being said, he does play two characters in this film, and the other one is definitely not subdued. Mm. Yes, it's it an egotistical version, but we've got a question on that later. So, yeah, that was my one. Like, I loved how self aware it was. um Like, one of my favourite parts was a subtle joke where. He, he was giving away his belt buckle at the end and it's a tarantula. And they said, Why'd you go with the tarantula? And he said, My, you know, like, guy wanted to go with the scorpion, but I thought that was too aggressive. And then he said, The bees. And I was like, No, not the bees. And I was like, Yeah. I was like, oh, That's so good. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. And then, like, even like, when he sees his mannequin and his face, like, in the reflection of the mannequin, sort of yeah. like goes onto his face with yeah. a of face off. I love that. And, like, the just the way he, you know, pokes fun at himself. Like, you know, he's like, despite what you heard, I don't take every role that's offered to me.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Which I thought was really awesome. Uh, the Yeah, and you had my bad thing. And the first thing, genuinely funny. Yeah. Listeners, if you go to a movie with Stacey and she doesn't laugh the whole time, you, you it's either she hates it or she loves it. You never know. But when she <laughs>, laughs, like, about 25 times, like, almost falls out of her seat laughing, you suspect, like, you know... Maybe she's had a bit too, too much wine to drink at lunchtime or something, and she's really having or a Or maybe time.
2: I'm just enjoying a movie. And maybe she's actually enjoying a movie. Oh,
0: such a cynical view. Yeah, a cynical maybe view. I
2: don't have a heart of stone.
0: Maybe. Anyway, so yeah, um, scores out of 10,000. Out of 10,000 tarantula belt buckles. Oh, God. I am going with
2: 8,122.
0: God! Okay, I'm going to go with 8,512. I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, same. I really um, enjoyed
0: it. Like 15% of the end of the film was pretty average, and so that's what's dragged it down. Yeah. That's the best way to describe it. For a long time there, I was like, this is probably one of the best movies I've seen in a long time.
2: <laughs> because it's fun. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, yeah. And like So it's everything
0: everywhere all at once, which I gave a hyperbole. It is. Yeah. It's fun. It's light-hearted. It's all over the yeah. place. It's like... Yeah. Yeah. It's creative... You know, filmmaking is bold. It's innovative. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just insane. So, yeah,
2: yeah, totally.
0: Okay, quick fire round. How would you incorporate Nicolas Cage into this film?
2: He needed another alter ego similar Correct. to his Vampire's Kiss character. It's more crazy. A crazy alter ego.
0: I actually went the other way because we had the egotistical version of him that talks to him occasionally. So I went the <laughs> other way and I imagined himself as quite a refined gentleman giving himself an Oscar <laughs> at the Oscars. <laughs> Like, as a part of meta-ness that they go, you know, he's up there presenting Best Actor and he, like, reads out and he's like, oh, turns out I'm nominated. Here you go. And then, like, (laughs) you see him get out of the audience. He's like, oh, thank you, everyone. Hi, thank you. And just walking up to the Oscars. And then we just cut back to him in the movie theater and he's just, you know, it's his ego taken over, but he's gone over to the, like, you know, artistic ego side.
2: Mm. Of,
0: like, yeah, I'm the man. I deserve this or that sort of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was the most insane leap of logic in this film? I'm just going to jump in ahead of you. That the CIA was this useless.
2: <laughs> you yeah, know? Like. That he was the only hope?
0: He was the only hope, but the other thing that was like, well, there's only two of us, or, you know, get to this building mm. if you can. By the way, you know, they had entire conversations recorded.
2: They were fucking useless. Yeah, they've got severe resourcing restrictions. It just doesn't make any sense, does it?
0: Could you imagine being one of the higher-ups there and they report back and say, hey, by the way, we've recruited Nicolas Cage to do a mission for you. You'd be like, <laughs> that's probably why they got no support is the higher-ups are like, okay, these two fuckers have had too much sangria and lost the
2: plot. <laughs> yeah, they're fired if they don't get killed. My one is a bit weird. Um, Are you
0: kidding? That's not like you.
2: <sighs> it was, for me, it was that his wife and daughter got flown out. Like That made sense.
0: Uh, he was a good uh, guy. He was a good guy.
2: And he's like, oh, Nick's upset. Oh, fly out his daughter and wife and they can reconcile. It's like, what?
0: <laughs> I mean, it, like, I, I was there with you. I was like, there's no way these two would come out there. But the way exactly. that he framed it to them of like, he's, he's dying. You know, it was almost like, you'd go, like if you and...
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I, can, I, can, I can understand why they went, but the fact that Harvey did that is kind of a little bit psychotic.
0: Oh, fuck
2: it. So okay. therefore, yeah. insane.
0: Yeah, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, final one, what minor change would you make to this film to make it spectacular or spectacularly awful?
2: Well, it just definitely needed a helicopter scene in the third <laughs> For act. Sake, I should have known.
0: <laughs> Stacey loves helicopters. That scenes. just
2: would have lifted the whole thing, right?
0: What if Nicolas Cage had gone to space in a helicopter?
2: He <laughs> can't go to space in a helicopter.
0: <laughs> hey, on a 200th episode, I brought that up and said maybe that's the new genre of movie that we that we need you know nah, space, nah,
2: space would have just made this whole movie like way too wacky and corny
0: I need you to watch Fast and the Furious 9 I really. Didn't. no thank you yeah fair enough that's what I'd say as well if I was you uh, the one for me is that the director at the start that he like pitches a scene at you know like they sit down they have a bit of a chat and all that sort of stuff it was just a no name actor as far as I'm aware like imagine if it was Damien Chazelle <laughs>
2: Yeah, that would have spiced things up. Like, you but a
0: Tarantino would have been obvious, but like Damien Chazelle, you know, like an up-and-coming, Barry Jenkins, like some sort of up-and-coming Denis Villeneuve, someone like that.
2: Yeah, you would have gone, oh, whoa, this movie's serious. It's full of <laughs> full of came- cameos. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Anywho, moves us over to our Patreon questions. What movie would you pair with this as a double feature? Stacey. I'm, I'm pretending like we've got other people here I'm asking questions off. Stacy.
2: Okay, I'm this is a tough one for me, but one of the overarching positive elements of the film was the scenery and the location. Beautiful where were they? I don't know. Spain. Spain. Beautiful. And I just thought I just wanna watch another movie with beautiful scenery in it. And one I watched earlier this year different genre, but The Lost Daughter. Beautiful scenery. What the fuck is going on? And I think it would make a great double feature.
0: The best part is this is Emily Higgins' question, oh, in which she yeah. compares two films one that you know, doesn't get the love it deserves, and one that she thinks is overrated. She'd probably put those two films together. She's probably sitting there right now going, Thank you, Stacey. Thank you for the mo- inspiration.
2: <laughs> yeah, very tenuous thread there, but it works for yeah. me. I would have gone
0: with Pig. Pig is like completely different, but you just, after that, you'd be like, Cage is back. Cages, <laughs> we're having a cage, I don't know what you call
2: it, but he's back. <laughs> he's fucking back. Not that he ever left. <laughs> yes. That's yep, not that he ever left.
0: No. Uh next question, also a Patreon question, and comes courtesy of our mate Nick Haskins of nicholas Kitchen. Also of live stream for The Cure, which is an awesome event, guys. A whole bunch of podcasters and other people from around the world get behind this. Try to raise a shit ton of money for cancer research. I think we're going for 30 grand this year. We mentioned to top twenty, I think, last year. It's awesome event hey, stays. days. Fucking oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah,
2: it's fantastic. It's so much fun to be part of and just such a good cause.
0: We absolutely love it. And we are gonna be on on the Saturday night, seven PM Eastern Standard Time in America, on May twenty first. So we've got one of the like primetime slots. Woohoo. While everyone's having dinner and shit, they're gonna tune in to watch us be fucking morons. <laughs>
2: Or just put on a really good show.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really good show. But we, you know, tune in, laugh at us. Uh, for those playing at home, it's Sunday, the May twenty second at eleven a.m. So we'll be on for an hour. I don't know what sort of questions we're going to do. I was going to put a Twitter poll out there of like, what do you want from us? Like, do you want funny questions? Do you want abstract questions? You know, do you want really weird questions? Do you want highly sexual questions? Because I could just get Machu to write twenty up for us, and they'd they'd be easy. You know, like. Yeah. It's a tough call. It is. Probably won't see Stacey because she'll be taking care of the kid, but there would definitely be me and Liz and uh, who knows? Maybe a special guests, Maybe not. We'll see. Anyway, uh, there's a promo at the end, but uh, put that in your diaries. Saturday, May 21st, 7 p.m. Eastern time in America, which is Sunday, 22nd of May, 11 a.m. for New Zealand. And yeah, if you're an Aussie, that's 8 a.m. or something like that. I don't know. Fuck, whatever. Maths is hard, guys. Work it out yourselves. <laughs>
2: Uh, What's his question, Stace? Nick would like to know, Sam, what type of meal is this movie?
0: Nick would like to know Sam. Yes, he would. He's told me that many times late at night. But uh, the type of meal this movie is, is tapas. Spanish. It's got a little bit of everything in there for you. You can taste little sweet, tasty morsels. Some of it's fucking crazy. And some of it is like really cool and fun and enjoyable.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I, I can that's, that's such a good answer. I'm going to take that and twist it slightly. Hey! My answer is it was kind of comfort food, but in the form of fine dining degustation but, format. So, you know, like um, you could take one of those tapas and just serve it in a really fine dining, really high quality format. Yes. But underneath it all, it's still fried chicken.
0: <laughs> At any point in your life, did you think you'd be referring to a Nicolas Cage film as fine dining?
2: Fine dining fried chicken.
0: Yeah. Still fine dining. <laughs> it's fine dining. It's just your maitre d's a fucking nut job.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I ordered the tuna and you've brought me a boiled shoe. <laughs> uh yeah uh next question what was the biggest dick move in this film
2: oh definitely nick singing his daughter a song fuck. on her birthday god damn yeah, it yeah that
0: was Get mine piss off, dad shows <laughs> up at a 16 year old 16 birthday 15 birthday yeah. something like that busts out this random song that he's clearly not rehearsed or given a shit about yeah starts, so sad starts roasting some other kid that he's like oh, i haven't seen you in ages <laughs> like what the yeah. fuck dude
2: I totally get why they had that in there, like to set up, set up his character and his relationship issues, but still, dick move.
0: He becomes so un- unsympathetic to him as a character. Yeah. Question eight comes courtesy of Chris Innie. Chris is awesome. Chris is a big supporter of Life's for the Cure. Oh, I forgot to mention during our session, we are going to ask questions and uh, judge your guys' answers. So I'm going to be Sam Cowell. It's going to be fun. Anywho, what's his question?
2: What song would you insert into this movie and where?
0: I'm going to do a bit of an homage to old school. Will Ferrell at one point falls into a pool and then starts drowning and they start playing Simon Garfunkel's Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. And there's a part there where Nicolas Cage gets hit up about whether he's read half his script and he just stands up and walks into the pool (laughs) (laughs) with a beer and he's drinking it through the water. I was like, yeah, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. He's just given up on life. He's just fucking done.
2: That is such a good reaction. It was
0: amazing, right? I don't
2: think I've seen such a good reaction to a question.
0: Well, wasn't he, like, pissed off at his cousin or something? Because his cousin was like, oh, yeah, he used to be the man once or something like that. And he was just like, all right, I'm off, you know?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so there's one very memorable scene in this film where Harvey shows Nick his Nick Cage Shrine Museum collector item... (laughs) Which is very freaky.
0: How much did you pay for this? Five thousand dollars. I'll give you twenty grand. For <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, it's not for sale. It's not for sale. <laughs> yeah. God, how freaky would that be? And I felt it was just such a well done little shrine. There was only one element missing, and that was audio effect when Nick Nick's face kind of merges in the reflection with his that god awful statue of him or wax yeah. model or whatever it's supposed to be. Um, a great song for that scene would have been God Put a Smile Upon Your Face by Coldplay. <laughs> that would have been so creepy. It would have been so creepy. It just added the element you needed. Because he's the one true God, as Reddit said.
0: <laughs> God put a smile upon your face. Of course. It oh, would be creepy. I like that. <laughs> That's a good answer, those. So. Anywho, question number nine comes courtesy of Dan Brennick, who's also involved with uh, Livestream for the Cure, but he's also... One half of Netflix and Swill, an awesome podcast that covers all things Netflix related. Go check them out uh, before Netflix goes bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's just possible. Uh, his question: Who's the true MVP for this film? And you've already told us how much you love Petra Pascal, but I am going to call him a main character. So who's another one? Gabriella. Oh yeah, damn it's
2: it, Harvey's assistant. God, she's awesome. Right from the word go, she's so organised, so onto it, knows exactly how to what to do. You yeah. know. And she gets in there, and she's like saying, "Hey Nick, have you read the screenplay?" He's really excited about it. You know, gets him up, gets him get, around, gets him up. He's like, you know, you can't be hungover. You're going out. You're going for dinner or whatever.
0: <laughs> that was that was literally my one. My other one was um, his wife. For when she did that old Italian man makeup, that convincingly oh, got him into yeah. the compound. <laughs> Holy shit! He looked bad. Hey,
2: he did. He looked terrible.
0: He didn't look what, like this a human.
2: Worked well.
0: No. Uh, question ten, what does it say?
2: How long would you survive in this movies world?
0: I'm gonna go forever. Yeah, me too. It's fueled by insanity and I run <laughs> off that as well.
2: It's so good. It just it would just depend on whether you jumped off that cliff um face or not.
0: <laughs> I totally would.
2: Or whether you climbed over the block wall or went around it. As <laughs> <laughs> to how severe your injuries would be.
0: Or whether I got into a car and drove it while high on acid.
2: Oh, yeah, that too. Fuck,
0: that was weird. You drive. I don't like driving on acid. Just drive anyway. They're after
2: us. <laughs> or whether you're running through the, um, where the fuck were they running? Running through the bushes.
0: Or getting shot at by yeah, guards. We-
2: wearing loafers or wearing proper sneakers. <laughs> fuck.
0: I almost forgot about that scene. <laughs> fuck, that was hilarious. I love this film. Anyway, um, we're both going for forever, so sweet. It should be all good. Question 11, what character just clearly needed to get laid?
2: Well, it's clearly Nicolas Cage.
0: (laughs) He did have a lot of pent-up aggression, which is saying something for Nicolas Cage.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He just needed something. He needed a job. He needed someone to listen to him. He needed a better relationship with his family. He needed to get laid. (laughs) He needed a
1: lot. (laughs)
2: He needed a million dollars.
0: He needed a full personality <laughs> transplant. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, the other one was Ike Barinholtz, the other CIA agent.
2: Oh, God. God, he, he was a, was a miserable world
0: bastard, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, he was. He did nothing.
0: He did nothing, contributed nothing. He's the antithesis of Dan's <laughs> question about who's the true MVP. <laughs> yeah. He just complained to bitch to moan and then just fucking, nut. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Okay, what's question number 12?
2: What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this movie?
0: I've got two that are mixed up in one, and then I've got another one. But um, was this Nick Cage's actual retirement film? And then what will be? You know, like, he's not going to make movies forever. I wonder what the last Nicolas Cage film's going to be. No,
2: this isn't the last one.
0: It's not going to be the last. But, I mean, if we, if we continue this trajectory from Pig to this to what's going to happen next, he's going to be making hyperbole films until he dies.
2: <laughs> he can only go up. Yeah, (laughs) no, they
0: never went anywhere. But my God, 90s Nick Cage compared to 2000s Nick Cage compared to 2010s (laughs) Nick Cage compared to whatever the fuck this has been.
2: (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's been a complete strategy, complete complete lifetime career strategy on his behalf to peak at exactly the right time. Oh,
0: he's peaking all right. (laughs) Uh, My my other one is like, how long could I last if somebody blasted me in the face with a... uh, neutralizing agent that was attached to my own hand you know like if i if i rubbed my face while holding a neutralizing agent how long i could uh, fight the drugs off like whether i could climb around the outside of the building and
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> get the neutralizer or whatever or, you know the antidote and shit yes. how long i could last because they, they say to him like you blast someone in the face with this they're done in four yeah. seconds nick yeah. cage holds his fucking, <laughs> fucking yeah shit. he's
2: like at least 40 seconds and he retains four. his
0: shit for a long time to the point where they go action and he just fucking kicks in i was like. This is awesome. This is good. My man knows how to party.
2: Yeah,
0: which is no surprise to anyone, given that uh, I think around the time of Vampire's Kiss was, his pet cat accidentally ate those magic mushrooms out of the fridge or some of them. So Nick Cage thought, "Oh well, better join them and swallowed swallowed a whole bunch of himself, and then him and his cat tripped all night, and then it made him piss blood."
2: <laughs> okay, my philosophical debate, yes, is.
0: If you kill me, we're going to bring back your goddamn honey.
2: No. Okay. It's it, in general. I was thinking about in terms of actors and actresses, but actually, it, in terms of any human being on Earth, if your like career in life was held held up to you like as a reflection, like this movie is to Nick, how how well would you take it? Most people don't like being reminded of past um, <laughs> things that they have done, good or bad or otherwise. That
0: is correct. You should tell my friends that. <laughs> I don't like being reminded about
2: all this shit, man. Yeah, exactly. So for, for that to be um, the basically the underpinning element of this movie and this entire project, it's actually, you've got to really hand it to Nick that he's gone along with it so well. I mean, on the surface, God, who knows? He could be going home crying every night <laughs> saying, why do people hate me? But it just doesn't seem like that. He comes across really good natured about the whole thing. He
0: does. And I saw an AMA on Reddit with him. He was really humble. And he's he's quite an interesting fellow. <laughs> You know, like, is really? it almost like he's gone to the brink and he's come back again? And he's come back to tell us what it's like, sort of thing.
2: Mm. Whereas,
0: like, other actors like Gary Boosie have just gone so far over the edge that you're like, what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> wouldn't want to be alone in a room with you, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that was my debate. That's a
0: good one. Question 13 A new addition to the podcast. What's something that happened in this film or that the characters did in this film that you would look at and just go, nah, fuck that?
2: Well,. If I was approached by the CIA under any circumstances, I would just immediately go, no, I'm out. See ya. See ya, Harvey. Bye. Oh, I gotta go.
0: You're like that with like any government organization. The tax office <laughs> called up the other day and go, where's Stacey? I was like, I don't know. She just disappeared. <laughs> She's wanted in over 50 to seven different countries for tax evasion.
2: Mm. And so, yeah, that's I'd be out pretty early. There'd be no movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a few taking acid and then driving a car it was fucking up there. The jumping over the cliff, the cliff's edge into yeah, the water.
2: No, I don't see, I, I remember watching that, You didn't know that no, you were didn't know. jumping that far. <laughs> well,
0: that's the thing. Like, you didn't know where you were jumping. The fact <laughs> he jumped over the edge, it could have been a twenty meter drop into fucking like concrete. You yeah, didn't could
2: know. What it means?
0: But uh, the, the one for me, like I don't like massages too much and certainly the Russian massage that they get where they just whack you with leaves and shit. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, they just whack you with leaves, okay? So you it's were- not leaves and shit. Although I don't know. <laughs> there might be bird shit on there, but it's like they just whack you with leaves repetitively. It doesn't look fun.
2: So you would have been out before I was out.
0: Uh, no, I know. Cont- I wouldn't have continued on, but, I'd just, <laughs> but you I wouldn't have gone to that massage, no. <laughs> Anywho, um, this is over to our personal questions. Not going to lie. Oh, I've got about a million. But I've cut it down to three. I, I could Thank go for God. hours on this movie. This isn't uh, everything everywhere all at once. Good films. Good films to come up with questions for. Mm. Uh, the, one I, the one I'm going to go with, I mean, we, we get introduced to Nick's egotistical side, who's pretty much him around Vampire's Kiss age. He's about 27 or 28, like a de Nicholas Nicolas Cage. And at one point, he starts making out with himself. <laughs>
2: What's the point of that scene?
0: Oh, man. <laughs> okay. You can say that to like 99% of Nicolas Cage's films. But... <laughs>
2: yeah, I know, but... That's... Oh, I don't get it. And then he
0: parts from his kiss and goes, "Nick Cage smooch is good. You tell people Nick Cage smooch is good.
2: That's got to be some kind of meme or some kind of story it's or not. something. I don't, there, he's there, making there one on the spot. Be... <laughs> <laughs> he's making his own memes. <laughs> he makes out with himself. No, in a there's, bar. There's got no, to be something. Surely that doesn't just come out of well, nowhere. Oh,
0: yeah. There's a Hollywood rumor going around that Nicolas Cage likes to hook up with himself in bars.
2: No, that he's a bad <laughs> smoocher.
0: Oh, yeah, maybe. You know what
2: I mean? Like, he's just trying to...
0: Well, that's the question. Do you think Nicolas Cage is a bad <laughs> smoocher? Follow-up question. If you were single and you met Nicolas <laughs> Cage in a bar, would you hook up with him? No. Thank God our relationship can continue. No. No, I can't, actually. No, wrong answer. You What? Nick Cage, which is good. You've got to hook up with Nick Cage.
2: No, I don't. Thank you very much. <laughs> I
0: can't believe you don't want to. He's a famous Hollywood actor. He's won an Oscar <laughs> for a film that we covered. Fuck knows how we won that one. but
2: So, I, I, no, no. <laughs> That's all.
0: <laughs> I would take his face off with my smooching abilities. Oh,
2: God. You can have him.
0: <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> Next question. Could the premise of this film ever work for any other actor or actress? Because, yeah, okay, this is the end, is a great example where they had to play hyper realistic versions of themselves in a lot of ways. Well, Seth Rogen and Jay Barisher were, you know, kind of normal. But could you imagine another actor or actress in this? Yes. Who?
2: My initial answer was no, but I have been thinking about it. And Tom Cruise. Yeah, but he's not. Uh, he's not. Mm, he. No. Well, this is my opinion, thank you very much. Yeah,
0: not just saying my opinion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's out there. He's crazy enough. He's got a huge back catalogue of quirks and interesting weird movies and blockbusters and everything in between. And I don't know whether he could actually do it, but the, why not? The
0: only thing that makes me think he could was the way he ripped himself is... Um Les Grossman or whatever in Tropic Thunder.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was like so out of character for him. But like, could you imagine if they go, okay, Tom in this next scene, we thought it would be really funny if you get pissed off that you don't get a role. So you jump on, on a couch and you start jumping up and down. He'd be like, <laughs> no. Okay, we, we, we need you to do this. Like, we need you to take the piss out of the fact that you're a Scientologist. Nah. You know, he'd be, he'd be too no to everything. I started thinking about this and I was like, uh, like, Amy Schumer... And I was like, it would be terrible. It would be nominated for a Razzie. And then I was like, Adam Sandler. And then I was like, Adam Sandler could work. Cause he's so fucking terrible now. That he kind of played a version of himself in Funny People, which is probably the last Adam Sandler movie that was like, a, a, okay to watch. And he played like a, like an mm. arsehole version of himself. Cause you, you need someone like that. Like, Tom Cruise is right. Like, he's yeah. probably the closest you've got to another walking meme. Yeah. Like Nicholas Cage. Yeah, I thought Keanu Reeves, and then I thought, like, Kianu's too – Too what, dramatic. What's, what's going to be the – what's going to be the story? Like, you know, Canu gets himself kidnapped, <laughs> his dog gets murdered, you know what I mean? It's like, and he goes, John Wickler, that's not going to work. The only uh, – though, do you remember that Ali Wong movie that we watched? Yeah. And Canu Reeves showed up as that and as a version of himself, and he's like a – he's a raging psychopath, and then he, like – he's just nuts. Like, he's absolutely insane. mm so maybe, when I don't know. Fuck, who knows? Has, I don't think so. I don't think it, I mean, it lends itself easy for a concept, but I don't think it, it'd be hard to succeed as much as they've done with this.
2: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: And then finally, yeah, we were talking about Nicolas Cage's egotistical version of himself. Do you think he's haunted by this guy in real life? Like, do you think he put that totally. into the story?
2: Yes, totally. Because where else did it come from? It's so random. But it seems so right. He feels so comfortable about it. Like it happens to him every day.
0: As we talked about, the fact that he hooked up with himself, he went and <laughs> yeah, along with that. Yeah, exactly. And like just the sheer insanity that this egotistical version of himself does.
2: Nick probably wanted that character in this movie more, but they had to cut it out, because <laughs> otherwise it would have just gone on this whole other tangent. I thought we were the movie was going in a total different direction when this guy turned up.
0: Just imagine him walking up to the director and he's like, Okay, so that last scene that I, I did impromptu, did that work? And the director's like... <laughs> you just screamed nonsense for 47 <laughs> minutes. What are we supposed to do with that? <laughs> but it was good, yeah? Yeah. What do you got?
2: Okay, do you think that Pedro Pascal and Cage genuinely became friends?
0: I want to say yes. I want to say Nicolas Cage seems like such a humble dude now, but mm. Pedro Pascal legitimately feels like an actor who's really talented but has just gotten this and is famous as a result as opposed to they live for the fame. You know what I mean? Like he strikes me as this type of guy that you could sit down and have a beer with.
2: Oh yeah, totally. He just in every role that I've seen him in, he just regardless of the character, he's got this underlying warmth, you know, of gen- of being a genuine good person. Yeah. Coming through.
0: Who's another one? Who's another actor or famous actor or actress that you could imagine just sitting down and having a beer with? Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Tom Cruise. <laughs>
2: No,
0: no, no. All her favourite acts: Anne Hathaway.
2: Like, <laughs> S- well, Seth Rogen, you, yeah, who Seth you Rogen brought up you before. Yeah. I'm like, he seems pretty, like, but in a totally different way to Pedro Pascal. Yeah, totally know? different way. Like, like, like
0: he'd, he'd be one of the, like, you know, the funny bros, whereas Pedro Pascal yeah. would be one of those, like, Yeah. he'd probably sit you down and be like, so what do you do? Where yeah. did you grow up? What's yeah. that place like? You know, and you'd be like, "Oh, yeah. this is uh, yeah. we were like mates, and then you'd walk away and never remember who you are.
2: So uh, we talked a little bit about the story of this movie and the evolution as it went through. They were actually writing the screenplay together, Nick and um, Harvey, um, as we were going through, and they were kind of living it out and acting it out (laughs) at the same time. So They Exactly. And they were actually talking about what should happen in the first act, second act, how should the third act play out. So they were talking about it. While they were doing it, while they were writing it, <laughs> while we were watching it, and they're all quite different. So, which was the best act for you?
0: I'm going to go with the second act, and it's yeah. fairly obvious. I mean, second act is often, I'd say, for most movies, is usually the strongest because first act you introduce the characters, second act you put them through some stuff, and then third act you just swallow it all up into a conclusion. Yeah. So, for horror films and stuff like that, you get this like really tense build up in the second act, and yeah. you know, for like. Um, action films you get the two the main hero and the villain meeting for the first time and then they get split up on that sort of shit and it's usually way more intense way more impactful and so it's the same in this film as well like we talked about the third act isn't that good i love the first act i loved how it started off with him screaming but then he just became the sad sack of a person that you're like oh god and then when he started going for his redemption you're like this is cool this is awesome
2: yeah St- uh,
0: and we, we mentioned the drug scene it was like stand out for me you know like the two guys that are just sitting there minding their own business and they're, they're looking at us yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the fence wall I'll never forget yeah, you yeah, and he drops yeah. him and yeah. yeah and
2: then he walks around yeah totally and I, I really appreciate the fact that they talked about the third act and they're like and then it turns into an action and Harvey's like no that would just be stupid yeah why you can
0: introduce a kidnapping in the third act yeah,
2: that yeah was so, and yeah, then yeah. boom we're in the third act and it is that yeah. <laughs> so, Okay, so at the end of the film, we see the the movie version of the, of the story. Mirror, <laughs>
0: movie on, movie on, movie.
2: Yeah, um, and um, Demi Moore his cast is cast as Nick Cage's wife, and I thought that was quite an interesting choice. So, if you were playing yourself in a fictional movie of your life, who would you get to play your wife?
0: Depends on what type of movie it's going to be. So
2: <laughs>
0: I don't, like, you could make it's a serious. about ver- your life. Yeah, exactly. But like you could make a serious version of my life mm. and you could have someone like, uh, well, I mean, it's got to be somebody ginger, right? So, cause right. you're a ginger princess. So mm. we've got to have a ginger princess <laughs> as well. So I was like, somebody serious, you'd probably go with Jessica Chastain cause she's uh, mm. quite a talented, serious actress. If you're going to go comedic, I was thinking yeah. like Isla Fisher or, or Ellie Kemper. <laughs> <laughs> Ellie Kemper would be good for you. <laughs> She she you are very similar to um really to her in the office like the characters she plays in the office
2: <laughs> Okay listeners that is a complete fabrication and if you don't even know if you don't know this by now you,
0: <laughs> I think you, Kelly what's your
2: I name? think you Erin I think you're so much like Erin <laughs> I think that um even our listeners know me better than you do by this stage
0: <laughs> Probably. But then I was like, let's be honest. If I'm making a movie of my life and I'm starring in this movie of me playing my life, I'm going to get Natalie Portman. <laughs> yes. I want that box office drawer. I yes. want that. Oh, I can't keep this facade up. She's gorgeous. <laughs> She's a dream woman. Of course I want someone yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. Anywho, moves us down to our final question. Question number 20 comes courtesy of our man Julio of The Contrarians, an awesome podcast which uh, rages against the Rotten Tomatoes machine so it takes a universally beloved film like this one, says what's shit, or takes a film that's uh, pretty well hated and says what well, it's awesome. They recently did a Nicolas Cage film. They did Left Behind, that film I came to bed angry and said, I don't know if I can be a fan of Nick Cage anymore. It was that bad. It was like offensively bad. I've seen worse films, but this film stands out for me because Nick Cage was like kicking me in the balls for an hour and a half what it felt like anywho uh they're also going to be on live stream for the cure they uh i, I try to tee it up so that we are pretty close to each other and i'm pretty sure that they go from five to six on that date and then sweet and then we've got our mate ashley of rabbit ears between six seven, yep. and then with us from seven to eight
2: awesome and then what our awesome lovely lineup. friend
0: heather she's after us fella kiwi
2: oh nice come on hey? yeah yeah
0: Anywho, uh, Julio's question: What was your most controversial opinion about this film? I don't have one. <laughs> that is quite controversial.
2: <laughs> I know you're probably expecting me to.
0: No, I wasn't. Say I wasn't really so expecting th- any from you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you <Yeah>, good?
0: <laughs> I feel like someone should have died.
2: They did the CIA agents died, didn't
0: they? Oh yeah, no. But like someone of note, like maybe not his daughter or his wife or him, or maybe Pedro Pascal or his missus went out in a blaze of glory, and the movie was dedicated. No, that would fucking that would be depressing as fuck. That was about it. That was the only thing I could think of was you know maybe a bit more emotional weight to this film, but no, it would it would ruin it. I've just answered the question how would I've made this spectacularly bad? It's by adding some emotional weight to this film that we don't really want to see in it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I I think the fact that we can't even think of a controversial opinion, that is controversial in itself because we should have had something coming out of this film. But the fact that we don't, (laughs) (laughs) it just tells you how good it is, really.
0: Yeah. Amazing, right? (laughs) Yeah.
2: We're going to have to really start picking holes here to come up with something.
0: (laughs) We are. Uh, anyway, yeah, that is the end of our podcast. Do you, do you think you'd ever be on here talking such positive stuff about a about a Nicolas Cage film?
2: No, n- never. A million years. If you had told me in our first episode of this, I would have said no. If you had told me when you told me that, that this movie was being made, I would have said no. If you had told me <laughs> when I sat down in my very comfortable recliner seat at the film watching it, I would have said No. <laughs> So I am highly surprised, to say the least.
0: So was I. Because Nicolas Cage films, you never know what you're going to get. You know, like sometimes you get films like this or just like pure cinematic gold like uh, I think this is Air or The Rock or uh, Wicker Man or Ghost Rider 2. <laughs> and then you get shit like fucking Left Behind and really shitty films. Like we even mentioned Leaving Las Vegas. You just never know. It's, and you watch it because of that.
2: I think this, isn't this the Nick Cage film we've all been waiting for?
0: Oh, fuck, I know I have. <laughs> I know our good friend Steve from Everything I Learned From Movies definitely would have been as well. Yeah. It's so good. Anywho, that does take us down to the end. Now, we are finally going to do Terminator 2. We've mentioned it for the last 17 podcasts, it feels like. But people got coveted and, uh, you know, other reasons for why we haven't done it. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're finally going to do it. That's going to be next week's episode. And then there are a couple of other movies coming up that we're going to have to do, which is Doctor Strange Into the Multiverse of Madness. Spanky will be back, and he's going to do an episode, and can't wait. We'll have the original three back.
2: <laughs> Maybe.
0: Maybe. Anyway, if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at MovieReviewsIn, or you can send us an email at mritqs at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Just Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. Come along, tell us what you like, tell us if we're wrong, tell us if we're right. Most people tell us if we're wrong, so it's okay if you want to as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, that's thanks from me.
2: Thanks, bye.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Nick. I'm the host of Nikolai's Kitchen, and I'm also the host of the annual live stream for The Cure.
2: just googling the name of it because i've forgotten what was that movie i watched earlier this year on netflix with um what's her name in it
0: (laughs) how the hell am i gonna guess that
2: (laughs) top quality podcasting yes